Luke chapter 13. Jesus. Luke chapter 13. Thank you, Father. We're going to read from verse 10 onwards. Luke chapter 13 from verse 10 onwards. Father, I pray that your spirit may rest upon us at this hour. I ask for your strength, O Lord, at this hour, for your supernatural grace and for your supernatural strength to be poured upon us at this hour, and that your word may be given to your people and your word may be received by your people exactly the way You've intended it to be. And I come against all the forces of darkness and every demonic spirit that is warring against the hearts, minds, and bodies of your people. Every force from hell that is working against the kingdom of God, that is working against the advancement of the kingdom of God in the lives of your people. I bind those demonic spirits, those unclean spirits, I bind them right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Lord, strengthen your people. Strengthen your people at this hour. Strengthen us, Lord, at this hour. In the name of Jesus, break every hindrance in Jesus' name. Break every hindrance in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, oh, Father. Every hindrance be broken in Jesus' name. Magnify Jesus, Lord. Magnify Jesus. Magnify Jesus. Magnify Jesus. Thank you, Father. Set your people on fire. Set your people on fire for you, Jesus. Every single person who is listening, Lord, to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I pray may their hearts be ignited with the passion that they've never had for the Savior. May a new passion be given for the Lord Jesus Christ. May a new passion be given for His Word. May a new passion be given, O Lord, to your people. Oh, that they can spend time in your presence, O Father. Thank you, Lord. Bless your people. Bless your people. Bless your people. Bless your people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You are our strength. The portion that we long for. You are our strength. The Lord God who increases might. Thank you, Father. You are the Lord God who causes us to soar on eagle's wings. Thank you, Father. So I pray at this hour that you take over every moment, oh Lord, covered with the grace of God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Every barrier, I break it now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let there be no distraction. Let there be no twist of the scriptures in the minds of the people in the name of Jesus. Every evil spirit that is trying to twist the word of God into the Years of the people, I bind them in Jesus' name. Take victory in Jesus' name. Oh Lord, I pray that you will do great and mighty things, oh Lord, in our midst. We thank you, we praise you. In Jesus' most precious name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. We are going to turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 13, and I'm going to read from verse 10 onwards. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Who? Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, There are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them, and not on the Sabbath day. Then we see here, let me just go back to verse 14 again. 
After this miracle took place, the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men are to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or donkey from the stall? And lead it away to water it. So ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? And when he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Praise be to God. There are a few key principles that we are going to see in this chapter. A very important chapter that God has documented in chapter 13 of Luke, where there is this lady who has bent over. She's been in this situation for 18 years, pretty long time. Something happened to her. We don't know how it happened. We know something happened where she was bent over. She was not able to lift herself up at all. 18 years, remember that. She was not able to look at the sky. It was a place of humiliation and a place of pain where the people in front of her are able to stand straight. And when they talk to her, she cannot look at them and talk to them. She can't stand straight. She's always bent over, always stooping down. Her life was so miserable, yet she was a woman who sought the Lord. Key point here. Much suffering, 18 years of suffering. With the 18 years of suffering, we must understand, she could have just said, I'm tired of this, I'm tired of... Seeking God, what is the point in me seeking God? And 18 years I sought Him and nothing happened and, and why should I seek God? Why? She could have prayed and she would have prayed and prayed and prayed and nothing happened the first year, nothing happened the second year, nothing happened after five years, nothing happened after ten years, nothing happened after fifteen years. She's living in the state of pain and misery, embarrassment and shame, reproach. Stigma. But that didn't keep her from seeking God. Never let anything keep you from seeking God. No matter how you may be tested, no matter what the enemy may try to do to you, never say that, well, I have God in my heart. I don't have to go to the house of God. Well, I know God and I have faith in God. Others don't need to know my faith and I don't want to get embarrassed and I don't want to go to church and become a laughing stock and everybody looks at me and look at this bent over lady and, and everybody say, ee, move. And other people say, look at her and look at her and there should be some curse on her and look at her. All these things could have taken place, but She did not let that dominate her spiritual life. She she might have been a bent over woman on the outside, but on the inside, she was someone who stood tall before God. She was there in the synagogue seeking God. She was there in the synagogue just to hear God's word. She was not coming to just get healing and go. But she came to hear the word of God. I want to tell you this. This is the truth. When you seek after the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything will come after you, including healing. See, you can only seek after God and his kingdom, his righteousness, if you have faith. So those who go after God and the things of God are people who have faith. And they believe that when I'm in the presence of God, I'm not going to lose anything. When I'm in the presence of God, I'm going to gain. When I'm in the presence of God, I can hear his word. His word is what I need. A healing will take place. Jesus healed all those who came to him for healing. And when he sees faith, he heals a person. 
Now, when you look at this woman's situation, you see that she came to the synagogue and she was there when the word was preached. Jesus saw her faith. She was there when the word was preached. She had such faith in God. Jesus called her daughter of Abraham. Such faith she had. In spite of that, she was still having that infirmity. Have this in mind. Don't let your problem keep you from the problem solver. Write this down. Don't let your problems keep you from the problem solver. The Lord Jesus Christ. Don't let your problem keep you from the presence of God. Where your problems will be solved. Don't let your problems keep you in a state of depression where you will live in the state of the problems that you have indefinitely. We all have a say. We all have the privilege that God has given to us to be participants in our miracles. If you want to see God do something in your life, you need to be proactive. If you want God to heal you, you have to be proactive in your healing from God. You need to manifest or exhibit faith. So this woman who had the spirit of infirmity for 18 years. Now, if you go to a doctor, the doctor's not going to say, well, I see a spirit of infirmity. No, they're going to give a diagnosis. A known diagnosis or unknown diagnosis, whatever it is, they're going to say, you know, this is something that you've been having and maybe some trauma, some injury and, you know, this, you know, got damaged and that got damaged and maybe your, your bone got calcified and look at you. This is how it is. And this is a permanent condition and, and you're never going to get well and uh, you need to adjust yourself to that. So learn how to live with that. A lot of times. People will say that. Get used to it. Try to be happy where you are. We should be happy in our situation, but we shouldn't be happy for our situation. Try to sit in that same spot. We have a great God. We have a God who can change your situation. So why not have him? Come into your situation so he can change your situation. We have a great God who can change you. So why not bring him into your life so that he can change you? You have a great God who can do something about that which burdens you deeply. We have a great God. So what we need to do is bring him to where you are. Take yourself to where he is. How do I bring him to where I am? By worshipping him. This lady went to the synagogue to worship him. So you can be in a church and be far away from God. Do you know that? You can go to a spirit-filled church and be far away from God. How can you do that? How can you be in a spirit-filled church and be far away from God? But God is right next to the next person sitting next to you, but not near you. You know how? When I don't have faith in him. When I go to his presence and I just go because it's a ritual. I just go to his presence because I know this is Sunday and I should just do it. But I'm not really going to receive. I'm not really going to give. When we go to the house of God, we go to the house of God to worship him, to offer to him our sacrifice of thanksgiving. Like the incense that was going from the temple up, from the sacrifice up. Then we go to the presence of God to give to him. From what God has given to us, we go to the house of God to give to him. And beyond that, we go to the house of God to hear from him, to receive from him. So we go there and we can say, well, I'm here. I'm doing my routine thing that I've, 
I've been taught as a child, and I go to church, and I go there, I sing two songs, and then after that, we close our hymnals, or nowadays we have projector, we see that, and we sing, and then singing is over, you know, I like the music, I don't like the music, whatever, and um, I know now 20 minutes is over, and another 45 minutes left, and so what else is next? Okay, I'm a good Christian, so I give my tithes and offerings to God, and so I do that, and that's it, over, and then another 15 minutes, 20 minutes, I hear the message, and then I go home. Nothing is happening on the inside, in the heart, and nothing is happening on the outside. The disease is still there, the disease of the soul is still there, the disease of the mind is still there, the disease of the body is still there. Week after week you can go, where the Spirit of God is flowing. He's touching everyone, but you're not touched. Why? Because you're not making that connection with God. It's very important. We must make that connection with God. How can you make that connection with God? It's by faith. We go there to worship Him. When we have faith, we go there to worship Him. So it's not just, I'm just going to sing some songs. No, I'm going to go there. And when I sing, I know I'm singing it unto Him. This is my worship. This is my offering. This is my incense that I lift up to Him. The praises go as a sweet-smelling savor. When I give my tithes and offerings, when I come to the house of the Lord, I'm not doing it as a duty, but I'm doing it with faith that, Lord, this is something that you gave me. I'm giving it to you, Lord. Receive it. Accept it. I believe. And you talk to God when you give to God. Not just, okay, I just do it. I just give it because, you know, I don't want others to think I'm not giving or I just don't want any curse to come on my finances. So I'm just, don't be duty conscious, even though you need to have that to an extent. But when it comes to things of God, it shouldn't be out of obligation. It has to be out of your heart. It has to be out of faith. We come to the presence of God because we want to offer to Him our worship, which should be pleasing to God. He's God, you see. We're not doing Him a favor, like I've said before. He is God. So when we sing to Him, it's not like I'm doing Him a favor. No, He is God. He should receive my singing. When we give to God, I'm not doing God a favor or church the favor. I'm doing myself a favor. God has to receive my tithes and offering. If He said, I don't want it, I don't regard your tithes and offering. I don't regard you, as we see in Genesis, then the whole thing will go to waste. We need to have integrity and sincerity at the bottom of our hearts, whatever we do has to come with pure motives. When we go to the house of God, we want to go to the house of God like little children longing to see their father, heavenly father. How can you do that when you have faith that when I go to the house of God, he comes there. Who? Our heavenly father comes there. Right now, we're worshiping God together as God's people. Who comes here? Jesus Christ. He is right next to you. He's right next to me. He gave his word, you see? He's there. Only those who have eyes of faith can see. How? When you simply believe that he said that he'll be there, he's right there with you. And so when we sing, we don't sing casually. We sing with reverence. When we sing, we don't sing just to sing to pass the time, but we sing with all our hearts, making the connection with the living God that I'm singing to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And this is my incense that I'm showing to God. With much reverence, we do it. Same thing with giving. When we give to God, we do it with much reverence because this is my opportunity God has given to me so I can give my best to God. Not whatever, but give my best to God. Not just do the bare minimum, but really give my best to God with everything. So when we sing, we give our best to God. When we pray, we give our best to God. When we praise, we give our best to God. When we give our tithes and offerings, we give our best to God. We give with the reverence and faith when we do all of these things. And above everything, the Bible says, present your bodies as living sacrifice. So we offer ourselves as a total person to God and say, here, Lord, take me, take me. Take me. You know what happened when God called um, Abraham to offer Isaac as a sacrifice? God blessed Isaac as a result of that. When you give yourself as a sacrifice to God and say, Lord, take all of me. I give myself over to you. God will take you and he'll bless you in a greater measure. He'll bless you in a multiplied manner so that your life 
can, as the Lord said in the New Year's prophecy, will not be anything like the previous year. It's going to be glorious. Last year was good. This year will be glorious and very different from last year. That's the promise God has given to us. So if we want to live such a life, we need to have that connection with God. We need to have that faith to connect with God. That He is right here, right now. So this lady who was bent over, though she was bent over, she was someone who never said, well, I don't want to go because everybody will look at me. You know how many times when people will not want to go to church because they didn't have the clothes that they thought they need to have. Or they didn't have the haircut, the haircut came out wrong, whatever, they didn't like it, so they didn't want to go to church. When we let the enemy play with our minds, thinking that we're going to church because it's all about us or it's all about me, then we miss out on what God has for us. Because when we go to the house of God, it's about the king. Worship is about the king. When we dress, we dress well for the king. So our whole motive has to be, it's for God. I'm standing before him. This is why. I'm going to present myself before him. This is why I need to dress well. This is why I need to have that reverence when I go before God. I need to be decent. I need to be modest. I need to be God-glorifying. You can't just come get up and just come, well, I got up and so I don't have to do anything. I can just go like, you know, I can get up and go with a coffee mug and just go and sit with legs crossed and not brush my teeth and just, you know, rub my eyes and finish the service and go home and say that, well, check, I attended today's service. No. Prepare yourselves to be in the presence of God. When you look at this woman, she didn't care about what anyone will think. She came as a daughter of Abraham to be in the synagogue to hear the word of God. May God speak to our hearts at this hour. No matter what you have, what you don't have. No matter how you look, how you want to look and how you think that you want to be, but you're not what you think, whatever it is. Do not let that stop you from coming to the presence of God. Do not let that keep you from inheriting what God has for you. Because you know what? Suddenly God will visit you. and an unexpected time, God will visit you. She didn't know what was going to happen to her. She just came. 18 years. Long time. But God had a new beginning for her. 18th year. God has new beginnings for all of us. It may look like, oh Lord, it's taking so long. When is that time going to come? Let me tell you, suddenly, suddenly, so suddenly the time will come. But it's important for us to keep doing what we're doing. If we're doing it right, not get discouraged. Don't let anything push you down. Be a fighter on the inside. No matter how your body may feel, no matter how your looks may appear, nobody's going to look the same way. When you're 20 and you go to 80, you're not going to look how you were when in your 20s. So is that going to keep us from going to the house of God? No. If you get sick, you're not going to look the same way. But is that going to keep us from going to the house of God? No, it shouldn't. So no matter what happens to us, we shouldn't let the enemy keep us from going to the presence of God. Oh, because, you know, um, this happened or because that happened and I don't have this or I have this or whatever it is. Let no excuse keep you from getting your blessing. Imagine she wasn't there that day. Imagine what would happen. She'd have missed the miracle. Strive to be where God is. You know, the formula that um, the Lord had me give that Pastor Pradeep mentioned yesterday, for examples of um, quotations and definitions and formula. One formula was, you need to have faith and you need to be where the anointing of God is. And then you will have the miracle that God has for you. This woman was there, 18 years she was there. But this day, there's a big difference. You know why? Because the anointing of God is there. Jesus, the anointed one, was there. We have to understand God has an appointed day to do a miracle for you. God has an appointed time to do a miracle for you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let the enemy bring negative things to your mind saying that, well, you know, it's for others. Look at others, how they go to church and look at you. You don't have good clothes like they don't, like they have. You don't have the 
looks like they have. You don't have the car that they have. Oh, you don't have the bag that they have. Whatever it is. You know, Satan's trick is always try to make you look at what you don't have. You know, with this woman, even though she was not able to stand straight, she was still able to walk. She used those legs to make it to the synagogue. Look at what you have. Don't look at what you don't have. Don't grieve for what you don't have. Use what you have and God will give you what you don't have. That's what happened to her. Use what you have. Whatever you have, use it in a way that will honor God. Whatever you have, whatever you have, don't worry about what you don't have. When you seek God in his kingdom first, everything shall be added to you. When you seek God in his kingdom first, what you don't have will be given to you. When you seek God in his kingdom first, his righteousness first, what you don't have will be given to you. So what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to not keep your eyes on what you don't have. Use what you have. Keep your eyes on what you have and be thankful to God and do it. So it was the Sabbath day and Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath day. And there was this woman, verse 11, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. Now, that spirit of infirmity was oppressing her for 18 years. Like I said a little while ago, doctors, if you go now, they can say, okay, take an MRI, take an x-ray and and go for CT scan and and then, you know, go to an orthopedist and, and let them look at it and you have to go to an orthopedic surgeon, just go over there and they will refer you here, there, there, here, because they can't do anything. MRI can give you a report. CT scan can give you a report, but they can't heal you. You have all the reports that you can get, but it's not going to heal you. It is not going to heal you. So with all the reports, what are we going to do? You can have a surgery. But that's not going to fully correct the problems. That's why we have so many people who are still living with incurable diseases, diseases where the medical community is not able to solve it because they are not God. Only God can heal. Medical community can put band-aid. They can do something, do first aid kind of thing, but they cannot heal. They can try to give you something to manage your pain, manage your sickness, manage your medical condition, manage your chronic illness, but Healing comes from God Almighty because He is the healer. So this woman, 18 years, she had this sickness. She had this spirit of infirmity that was upon her. No doctor can diagnose that. No MRI can diagnose what is oppressing a human being. No latest technology, laser, whatever, can diagnose a spirit that is giving disease to a person. No one, except the Spirit of God. Jesus, because the anointing of God that was upon him, he was able to see what was causing the sickness, what was causing her physical condition. May God speak to our hearts at this hour. We all need Jesus so much. We all need Jesus so much. Many times when something happens, the first thing we want to do is see how we can get help. Getting help is important. It's good. God uses people to help us. We need to go to God first. Go to Him first. Let Him lead you. Let Him heal you. Let Him provide for you. Let Him be everything for you. Now, what's happening here? This woman who had the spirit of infirmity bent over and could in no way raise herself up, even if she wanted to, no matter how hard she tried, there's no way she was able to lift herself up. No way. She was able to. Now, this condition was there for a long time. Like we saw, 18 years she was there. Same condition. She could have come to a place where, you know what? This is how my life is. She had faith in God. She always went to the synagogue. She never got healed. She thought she was going to die the same way that she found herself in. But the Lord God says this. I want to leave you with the scripture. The eyes of the Lord, they run to and fro, looking to see whose hearts are loyal towards him. Also, God is a rewarder 
of them that diligently seek him. So you seek him diligently. The byproduct is he will reward you. You seek him. She sought him for who he was. And God saw her need and he met her need. God is never going to say, well, you seek me and uh, I'll take all your worship and I'm not going to do anything for you. No. When you seek God, God will take care of your needs. When you seek God, God will fix your problems. So your focus is not on fixing your problems. Your focus is not going after your needs. Your focus is going after God. You go after him. He will see what you need and he will take care of all of that. Didn't Jesus say that? He said, don't be like the heathen who are worried about so many things. He said, be like my child. Be different. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything shall be added to you. This is who our God is. And what happened? With this condition, she came. The story is very different to the story of the woman who had the issue of blood. The woman had the, who had the issue of blood, she heard about it and she said, I'm going to get my healing and I'm going to come there. But this lady was not like that. She came with a condition. Maybe she didn't know that it could be fixed. But one thing she knew, I will still be loyal to my God. That's what Jesus calls the daughter of Abraham. She was a woman of faith. Faith in the living God. And so she came to the synagogue regularly to hear the word of God. She gave priority to the word of God. And guess what? The word one day came and stood before her. And the word was sent out by God to heal her. That's what happened. Give priority to the word of God. And the word of God will do wonders in your life. So she was bent over and in no way could raise herself up. And then what happened? But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, so Jesus is teaching and suddenly he is seeing this woman. How can that happen? It's the spirit of God who's moving Jesus Christ. You know how Jesus was drawn to her? Anointing makes contact with faith. Faith makes contact with the anointing of God. The woman with the issue of blood, she made contact with Jesus. Her faith touched him. This woman with a bent over infirmity is sitting there. She had faith. She had faith in God that he's the life. The anointing of God, when he saw that faith, reached out to her. Jesus stopped everything and out of all the people in the crowd, he's looking at her and he called her to him. So now he's looking at her and he's speaking. Let me read verse 12 again. Jesus is seeing her, then he's calling her, and then he's saying something to her. He sees her, he calls her, and he says something to her. Imagine how she'd have felt when Jesus called her. A lot of times when God is about to do something good, people, many people, because of how they feel about themselves. They can take things in a negative way. They can say, oh no, he's telling me to stand up. Now everybody's going to look at me and I'm not going to stand up and they try to hide themselves. But she was not like that. She didn't care about what anyone would think. She came to do the will of God, which was to worship him. A worshiper of God. A daughter of Abraham. What did Abraham do? Abraham was a worshiper of God. He gave his ultimate worship when he was called to, to offer Isaac as a sacrifice. And God blessed him tremendously. This woman was a worshiper of God, yet she was bound by the enemy. So understand this. Because you seek God doesn't mean that you won't have any problems. Because you seek God doesn't mean that the enemy will not be allowed to bind you. But the chain breakers here, the God who comes and breaks his people free from the spirit of infirmity is here. What will happen as a result of that? The people around her, their faith got strengthened. That's what happened. So Jesus sees her. Her faith is there. 
He was drawn to her faith. His eyes went on her and so many other people were there. And then he's calling her. And then he's speaking to her. And he called her, obviously she came. And he's now talking to her and he says, woman, you're loose from your infirmity. I want to stop here and pause so that the Spirit of God can take the scripture deep into our spirits. Before Jesus could do anything, Jesus saw her differently. Why? Before Jesus could do a miracle, Jesus actually sees the finished product before he can work on it. That's what faith is. Jesus looks at her. She was not healed. She still bent over. Jesus saying, you are loosed from your infirmity. She'd be thinking, what is he saying? But she's still listening. Still listening. Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Before he can do something, he sees what he's about to do as it's done. That's what faith is. Before he raised Lazarus from the dead, he already said that he's sleeping, I'm going to wake him up. Same thing he did with the 12-year-old girl who was dead. Many miracles you'll see, Jesus will speak even before he does it because he sees the end from the beginning. He has a plan. He knows. See, in order to build a house, you need to have a plan. Drawing is easy, right? You have to really think and draw. A lot goes into it. But it's easier than raising a person from the dead. Way easier. Jesus Christ, who is the word of God, who created everything from the beginning, who was there in the beginning, who created this woman, knew all about her and knew all about the devil too. He knew about the enemy that was oppressing her. And he knew about this woman that was created by her. So only Jesus can do these things. So Jesus Christ, when he saw her, he saw what was oppressing her. He saw her faith and he saw her physical condition as well. And with all these things, he knows what he's going to accomplish and he's seeing it. That she is loosed. That means he's going to do something now. He's seeing it as it's done. It's done. Before he can do it, he sees it as it's done. Now, after he said that statement, it's not like he said, woman, you are loose from infirmity and immediately she stood up. No, because he spoke what he was going to do. He spoke what he saw. Now he's working and he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Something happened now. The word of God spoke what he was about to do as it is done. And now he places his hand upon her. And the anointing of God that was on Jesus' body travels through his hand right upon this woman's body. So what happened? The spirit of infirmity that was upon this woman left. The son of God is touching. His power went in. He released her from that infirmity. Whatever was binding her to this bent over state, that means something was sitting upon her back, keeping her from getting up. When Jesus put his hand on that, that was that he crushed that serpent right there. Gone, took it out of her, threw it out. So what happened right after that? She stood up. So she was taken out of that miserable situation by the Son of God, who took away the spirit of infirmity that was oppressing her. What happens after that? Let's read this. When she got straightened, she glorified God. She was made straight and glorified God. See, that is the purpose of healing. The purpose of healing is to make us whole. We shouldn't be in pain because God loves us and he heals us. But there is a deeper cause for it. Others around should see who God is so they too can get healed. 
a woman who came to worship God, now she's glorifying God for what God has done because she would have never thought ever in her life that she was going to ever see anyone straight and that she was ever going to see the sky. She's ever going to get straight. She's glorifying God. That's what healings will do. That's why healings are necessary. That's why ministries of healing is essential. It brings glory to God. That's why testimonies are essential because it brings glory to God. Healings are essential. It become, it brings glory to God. When the enemy is defeated, we give glory to God. Shouts of victory. Because only God can do these things. But look at this. She was a daughter of Abraham who had faith in God and who came to the synagogue. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. Instead of being so happy, oh Lord, thank you for what you've done for this lady, poor lady, she was like this. All these, imagine 18 years she was like this and how long they would have seen her come like this. Instead of being so happy for her, he got really angry. Who is that? Who is that? She had a spirit of infirmity. What kind of spirit does this man have? A religious spirit. A religious spirit that doesn't rejoice in righteousness. What is righteousness? The right thing. What did Jesus do? The right thing. He healed her. He delivered her from the oppression of the enemy. He had a form of religion. He was clothed with iniquity. He was against righteousness and the righteous one. So, instead of rejoicing, he was filled with indignation, wrath, because Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath. Think about this. All that Jesus did was free her from the oppression of the enemy. Something that he cannot do. No human can do. No human can do this. No human can do this. Think about it. Somebody like this, and you see a miracle right in front of your eyes. What should it do to you? Make you feel jealous? Make you feel irritated? If that's the case, then you have to really check yourself. What kind of a spirit do you have? Or somebody got healed, now you get feel more miserable that they got healed and, and you feel like, oh, you know what, I have all these problems and I'm not healed and they are healed and there are people like that. You know why? They have bitter spirit inside of them. When you see a miracle, it comes from the hand of God. You must rejoice because someone is delivered from a demonic oppression of the enemy. You need to rejoice. Someone gets healed. You need to rejoice for what God has done for them because only God can do this. Praise be to God. So, let's go here. There are six days on which men are to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. So, he's telling woman and he's telling the people he's all upset he's telling hey you want healing come on other days six days you have don't come on this day what is he telling don't do any healing work don't deliver people from the oppression of the enemy on the lord's day does it make sense no yet he felt so righteous self-righteous spirit is a deadly spirit which makes you feel like you're all right and the whole world is wrong May God help us never to fall into that trap of self-righteousness. God is all righteous. If he's doing a miracle, he alone can do. It's important for us to give him all the glory. It's important for us to magnify him with everything that is within us. Whatever day he chooses to do it, praise be to him. Because he can do this miracle and we cannot. This man didn't know. 18 years this woman was suffering. He was not able to do a single thing about it. Now a huge miracle has taken place right in front of his eyes. Instead of giving glory to God like she did, he got angry. Spirit of infirmity over her was oppressing her and Jesus set her free. But you know what? When people hold on to bitterness and people hold on to this kind of a self-righteous spirit, Unless they let go of it, it's not going to go. That's the difference. With this woman, you had, you saw that she had a spirit of infirmity that was on her, which she couldn't shake off. Jesus had to pull that out of her. But with the rule of the synagogue, the situation is opposite. 
he is holding on to that spirit called self-righteousness, the demonic spirit. He's the one who's supposed to let go of it. But he's holding on to it. Jesus can't do anything to such people. Where you have to let go, you need to let go. Where God has to recover you, redeem you, that God will do. So now, Jesus is so patient. He's looking at the situation. And he's looking at what this guy said. Now he's talking to him. He said, hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? He's saying that don't you release your ox, release your donkey to feed it? Don't you do that on the Sabbath day? You didn't want me to release my daughter, the daughter of Abraham, who was not able to get what she wanted to get, have life that she should have as the daughter of Abraham. Don't I have the right to loosen her? That too, on my day, the Lord's day. Look how Jesus is explaining it to him. He didn't have to say anything. He could have just walked away. No point talking with you. And he could have just put him down and he could have gone, but he didn't do that. Because he wants to give every single person a chance, even though he had to rebuke him there. It's out of his love. He's pointing out the sin in his life, which was hypocrisy, so that he can repent. He has to let go of that self-righteous spirit, that hypocritical spirit. He has to let go of that. Jesus can't release him from that because he's not bound by that spirit. He is holding on to that spirit. That's the difference. I pray that the Holy Spirit will help you to understand what he is speaking to you at this hour. Never give yourself over to any demonic spirit of self-righteousness. If you catch yourself giving yourself over to it, then pull yourself out of it, just like how you gave yourself over to it, because it's your choice. If you're like this woman who has bent over all these years, don't lose heart. Don't say, what's the use? Be like this woman. Go to the presence of God again and again and again and again and again. She had a day appointed by God. You also have a day appointed by God. When you diligently seek him, he will reward you, just like he rewarded her. When you have faith and you come to the presence of God, his anointing will make contact with your faith. And he will have his eyes upon you, and he will call you, and he will release you from that which is binding you. That you no longer have to be in a state of being bent over with whatever they may be oppressing you with. The most beautiful scripture here is verse 17. And when he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame. And all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Now beyond this, a lot more healings would have taken place. And that's what the scripture says. Lots of glorious things took place. Jesus didn't just say this and just walk away. He did a lot more. And the people saw this, how he shut the mouths of the enemy with such wisdom. When wickedness is brought down, righteous people rejoice. All the people were so happy. Who was put to shame? Wicked people who didn't want others to get healed, who didn't want Jesus to do good works. The Bible says Jesus went around doing good, healing all those who were oppressed of the enemy. God was with him. Satan didn't want that. So he was working through the religious people who had religiosity as their cloak, their covering. But inside, 
They were brood of vipers. Jesus called out their sin. Jesus put them in their place so that the people can continue to come forward to receive their healing. Because this guy stood up and he said, right, hey, make sure you come on some other day. You understand? You do not come. He was a ruler of the synagogue. He's now scaring the people, threatening that you better not come on the Sabbath day to get your healing. Jesus set that straight right there. He said, this is the day we need to heal. These people are bound. I'll heal seven days a week. You can't stop me from doing that. You can't stop the people from doing that. There's nothing wrong about it. It's a good thing. It's a right thing to do. Once he said that straight, more people got healed. More people got healed. God's name was all the more glorified. And the multitude rejoiced with genuine joy for all the glorious things that were done by Jesus Christ. You want to make this your own story. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Make this your own story. Don't make your problem bigger than it is. Don't make it smaller than it is. See God for who he is. Know that he is bigger than your problem. Take your actual problem before God. And say, Lord, this is the condition. This is where I am. But I know you're much bigger than this problem that looks big. And I know you can heal me. I'm going to continue to go in your presence with faith. Even if it appears to be that others are getting healed and I'm not, I'm still going to go. Because I know you have a time for me. I know that my day will come. Just like this woman's day came. My day will come. I will keep going to the house of God. I keep worshipping you. Even if I'm bent over. I'll continue to keep worshipping you. My day will come. Suddenly you will raise me up. Suddenly you'll bring that breakthrough. The deliverance. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Don't get discouraged. Don't say how long, how long, how long. God knows how long. That's why he is recorded in his word 18 years. But think about this. Jesus was sent to her to heal her of her infirmities. Jesus has been sent for you to heal you of all your infirmities. But where should you be? You should be in the presence of God. You should be where Jesus is. You should be where the anointing of God is. And God will touch you. Make you whole. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord at this hour? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. He's all
giving us your holy word. Thank you, Lord, for filling our cups to the overflowing. Thank you for who you are. Oh, Lord, you're so faithful. You're so faithful. You come to fill us. You come to pour your water into our cups so we can overflow with your goodness. Thank you, Lord. 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 Father, I pray that you'll touch your people at this hour. Whatever their need is, wherever they feel, oh Lord, rejected, lonely, neglected, downcast, oh Father, your eyes are upon such people. And all the people who were there, your eyes went straight on that lady, a woman who was helpless and no one was able to help her still. She came to God Almighty, a woman of faith, who still believed in the living God, even though her situation didn't change. She still believed that God existed. Hallelujah. She still believed in worshiping the God of Abraham. She still believed in the living God. Hallelujah. And you rewarded her, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray may we be just like this woman. Be people of faith. Come into your presence. In spite, our, in spite of our circumstances. To worship you for who you are with faith in our hearts. Lord, we know, just like how we had a day for her, you have a day for each one of us. Will you turn all our mourning into dancing? Hallelujah. Where you will do what you alone can do, that which you have planned to do before the foundation of the world. Suddenly, suddenly, you will give us the opportunity to glorify you, just like how. This woman got the opportunity to glorify God in front of all the people after she got healed. Thank you, Father. So I pray for your blessing upon your people. Touch each and every single one of them. Oh Lord, do mighty things in their lives, oh Lord. As your promise is that you're going to restore to us all that the enemy has stolen. Oh, in a big way. Just like you restored this woman's health to her. In your time of restoration, in a big way, you did it. We believe that you're going to do mighty things in our lives, in our families, in our finances, in our marriages. Oh Lord, in our health. 
because your set time has come. We thank you, Father. As your servant standing in the presence of God, before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God, I bless your people with this blessing that you alone can bless them with, that they may live a life of worship, a life of faith, a life of seeking you, regardless of what the situation is, that they may become inheritors of the promises of God, the presence of God, and the provision of God, and be in a place to glorify God. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and bless us with his peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Good.